The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Next month, taxes on personal property are due in Virginia. That includes used cars, a tax that normally decreases as a vehicle ages. But as Ian Stewart reports, that's not the case this year. The increase in used car taxes stems from extraordinary economic factors, according to Jennifer Hughes. She's the revenue commissioner for Chesterfield County. Because the COVID-19 pandemic stopped the supply chain for new cars, used cars have become more valuable. Hughes says that's driving up tax bills, even when a locality's tax rate may not have changed. The law requires valuation at fair market value. It's Article 10, Section 2 of the Constitution. Carl Davis from the nonprofit Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy says even though these taxes are an important source of funding for local services, the system is flawed. For a low-income family at the poverty line, that might be a huge fraction of their total household wealth. Davis says residents feeling the pinch of higher prices property taxes will have to rely on localities to provide relief, which could come in the form of deadline extensions or late fee waivers. Ian Stewart, VPM News. Richmond Mayor LeVar Stoney is calling on Governor Glenn Youngkin to declare a state of emergency in the Commonwealth to help families struggling to access baby formula. I cannot think of a greater emergency than the inability for families to feed their babies. Declaring a state of emergency would trigger Virginia's anti-price gouging laws, which would prohibit businesses from hiking the prices for baby formula. Stoney also announced yesterday that the city is developing a plan to specifically support families on WIC, a national emergency nutrition program for women, infants, and children. There are a 1,000 families on WIC in the Richmond area. Experts say they're more vulnerable to shortages due to restrictions on the types of formula brands WIC will pay for. The city is also investing $45,000 in two local nonprofits designed to increase access to child care resources in response to the formula crisis. Governor Yunkin is creating a new task force to fight violent crime in Virginia. The group, announced yesterday, will be made up of officials from the state's executive branch and attorney general's office. Task force leaders will conduct community meetings across the state in order to come up with strategies to reduce violent crimes. Those tactics will be recommended to the governor. Such meetings have already taken place in Virginia Beach, Newport News, Norfolk, and Petersburg. Bus rides in the Richmond area will continue to be free through June 2023. The head of GRTC, Julie Tim, told the Richmond Times-Dispatch that the company will use federal funds to cover their portion of the cost. Other funding for the program comes from a state grant. Fare-free bus rides will end July 1, 2023, unless the transit company or city of Richmond fund the program next year. According to a 2019 study, three-quarters of GRTC riders live in households with incomes below $50,000 per year. Half of trips are for commuting to and from work. The Virginia Commonwealth University's Board of Visitors has voted to increase tuition by 3% for the fall semester, but not all are happy with the move. Megan Polly reports. 
Jamie, a first-generation college student and employee at VCU, is working two jobs to make ends meet. We're not using their full name to protect their identity. Her university meal plan is ending soon, and she's worried about food insecurity. The tuition hike will only make her financial situation more precarious. I will have to take out more loans and be in more debt. Board members and students like Jamie put pressure on university officials last Friday to do more to help support students. One thing that they have mentioned in the tuition increase is that they're doing it so that they can pay faculty and staff more, but that responsibility should not be on the students. The VCU board will meet in late June to finalize the budget after they know how much money they'll be getting from the state. Megan Polly, VPM News. If you look up COVID-19 data from the Virginia Department of Health later this week, you'll notice some changes. Four COVID-19 dashboards and two landing pages will be taken off of VDH's website on Thursday. The information being removed includes cases by vaccination status, the number of federal vaccine doses and vaccines received, among others. State health officials say these dashboards are being retired to better align with data available from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Some information that is not on the state's website anymore, like the level of community transmission, is available online from the CDC. The Hampton Roads Sanitation District has spent over two years looking for coronavirus in the water we flush, and they've gotten better at uncovering useful information. Catherine Hafner from partner station WHRO reports the latest on the COVID-19 wastewater surveillance program. Before many people had even heard about coronavirus, scientists at HRSD were tracking it in our sewage. In early March of 2020, they started collecting samples at our local treatment plants, looking for evidence of the virus. Throughout the pandemic, they've been able to see early warning signs about surges. Their data typically mirrors actual health statistics, but HRSD knows about it a week or so earlier. Kyle Curtis, an environmental scientist with the district, says they recently developed a way to also see which specific variant strains are present. By being able to develop a test in-house to determine how much of our SARS-CoV-2 numbers made up by this new variant is really interesting because we can report to our health department. In recent weeks, his team found about 90% of the virus here is BA2. That's a subvariant known as Stealth Omicron and is even more contagious. This is where wastewater is super useful because you do get an early idea of changes in trend, I think. That's become even more so as clinical testing has gone down. Not everybody infected with COVID reports test results, but everybody poops. That was Katherine Hafner reporting. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org slash news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.